0: What is this great conversation you're about to hear? Hello, everyone. This is Debbie, host of the High Art on the Edge page. I'm an online event planner that supports artists' work from all over the world. They create the product. I help organize and execute a memorable event on social media for their fans, family members, and friends. In addition, I host events called Surprise, where online friends and I shine a bright spotlight on an artist or band's work. What do chapter house, sneaker pimps, and the heartthrobs have in common? They are considered to be impactful bands from Reading, England. Let's not forget about the Majestic Slow Dive. This highly influential band were pioneers in the infant stages of shoegaze back in the early 1990s. They are still going strong today. In this entertaining conversation with my wonderful friend, DKFM DJ, Simon LeClaire, we discuss five seminal Slow Dive songs that was not an easy task maybe you will agree or disagree with our selections so grab yourself a drink have a seat sit back and enjoy today's discussion on what makes slow dives music so breathtaking as simon put it so eloquently it's the build up crescendo and layers he is damn right Hello everyone, this is W.A.K. William, host of the High Art on the Edge page events. Thank you for tuning in for surprise event number 23. Today is Sunday, December 17th. Happy holidays to you all. We've got a very special show today. We are going to take a deeper dive into a band that my co-hosts and I have enjoyed their music for well over 20, 30 years. This is a band that has had a significant impact on the musical landscape of Shoegaze and Dream Pop. Of course, we're talking about Slow Dive. And who else better bring this conversation would be Simon LeClaire, DJ Simon LeClaire. Cheers, my friend. How are you doing? So before we launch into this event, I have two questions for you. We know Slowdive have returned with a brand new album and a great tour that's been happening. In two to three words, how would you describe their music?
1: <laughs> what a way to start, W. <laughs> two to three words? How would I describe their music? The reason this is so difficult for me in particular, though, is because their music has been such a part of my growth and development as somebody appreciating music. So to try to sum that up, I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to not only the development and what they represent, but also me in terms of what they've done to my ear, because they were the first um, more dream poppy shoegazy band that I listened to back in the day and kind of set a template for me in terms of other things that I was looking for in terms of my development musically. And so, I mean, words like, you know, ethereal, transcendent, and, and, you know, all of those type of hyperboles sort of come to mind, but I feel like no words at all are best, um, especially coming from somebody like me, who rarely pays attention to lyrics in songs. (laughs) It's more of a chilling, tingling sensation that I look for when I listen to music, and I have them to thank for that in many ways.
0: Um, In our previous conversations, you may have mentioned that I have Learned so much great music because of the exposure from my older brother. He was a DJ for a very short period of time in at the University of Virginia. And he would send me all of his shows. And lo and behold, he sent me a tape that had um catch the breeze on it. And I had never experienced and heard anything like that before. So I want to ask you this question. When did slow dive first grab hold of your attention?
1: So for me it was um it was Suvlaki. So at that point I was kind of a grunge kid. I was listening to indie rock, lo-fi. So I was into like super chunk, archers of loaf, uh, Velocity Girl, all that kind of stuff. And so there was noise and and indie lo-fi, Eric's trip. And I came across somebody, somebody mentioned that I should check out the Slow Dive album. And I was going into Hamilton, Ontario to do some CD shopping. And lo and behold, I saw the, the CD there and I went, you know, I loved the cover. I'm like black. Yes, black minimalist cover. The band's really small in the corner. This is awesome. Of course, it's the like the North American release. So it looks a bit different than the, the UK one. And so I grabbed it, brought it home, and it was unlike anything I'd really experienced before. It was, it was my new foray into what I considered to be ambient music at that point in time. Um, Something softer and gentler, more nuanced and layered, which made me think back to sort of my Pink Floyd days when I was younger, because I was really into Pink Floyd for a few years when I was in my early teens. And so it kind of resonated, it felt like Pink Floyd, but it put on a nineties hat and a nineties visage that I was able to then really get behind and feel. And that album became one of my favorite albums, like right off the bat. Yeah so I, yeah I caught them in Toronto. Uh they played the the qe Hall here. And so I think that's that was my fourth. I think it was my fourth time catching them. I didn't get to see them cuz th- there's the iconic last show that they performed from their first iteration which was like May 1994 which was in Toronto. And so if you look on YouTube, it's all those are all shots from the Toronto show at Lee's Palace. I was 17 or 18 and legal age is 19 <laughs> so i was not at that show in toronto i believe lisa um dk FM, dj starving for beauty she was at the show she she lives in toronto as well and so i think she's mentioned that to me and i, I sort of like mm, lucky you i wanted to be there but i was too young um and so i caught them this time and i mean it's it's wonderful every time that i see them um really really wonderful yeah Absolutely. It really did. So it it took me, I mean, I still held on to my like lo-fi indie rock roots. That was starting to dissipate somewhat as well. And what Slowdive did is it opened me up to more ambient, more abstract music, especially Pygmalion. So like Pygmalion, I was like, this is unlike anything I've ever heard before. I remember sitting there in my friend Pat's living room and he'd just got the CD and we put it in, we both sat there. And I think both of our mouths were just like agape. We were just like, what is this? What how are they making that sound? How can they use a rhythm egg for a te- like a 10-minute song and have it so effective? Like with Rudy, right? And that that opened up a whole new channel of music um on cranky. Like I went from that to a lot of cranky records stuff. And so started and, and post rock. So it ended up being sort of like cranky records, post rock, and slow core. And so those are the things for me that kind of came out of my my slow dive template that really then immersed me in a different way.
0: Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to share five, of uh, some of our favorite slow dive tunes that may incorporate a seminal slow dive moment that we have, uh, that we'd like to share with one another. And um, these are songs that are can come from any album, however you like. And uh, I think to kind of give you an example, I will lead off if you don't mind with an example from their kind of their three EPs put together and i remember the Slovakia album came with that rare EP all put together and uh, i listened to that the over nonstop <laughs> nonstop with just i couldn't get enough of it so um my first track is she calls and this is kind of like the howling rain song to me. This is kind of the storm, the tempest. This is the song that I feel like, um, particularly the drumming was really pronounced, and that's it was like this roller coaster feel to me. It reminded me a little bit of Kitchen's of Distinction, which is why I naturally gravitated towards this band. Coupled with Rachel's lovely ethereal voice, but there's a particular moment. This is my slow dive seminal moment within the song. At three minutes thirty seconds, roughly, um, it kind of just what they're so good at doing is strapping you in and just taking you for that ride with the instrumental outro bits, or um, where mm-hmm. they kind of build the, the build up, the you know, and you know you're going to have the big drop so my first pick is she calls um right around that time mark um where i get this i got the sense that all these musicians in that room were coming together and they just had to know within that song this is an epic moment um and i would love to ask him if i ever had the chance to do that and to say with some of these songs do you actually know there is that slow dive moment that you're capturing so that's my first pick all right so what would be your first pick
1: this was really hard i have to admit sort of whittling it down was difficult so i'm just going to sort of feed off of what you say and then go in a completely different direction just just for the sake of it um my first pick is blue skied and clear from the pygmalion album and the (laughs) the first time that i I mentioned already the first time i heard the pygmalion album i was just really taken and confused (laughs) and intrigued all at the same time in terms of the sounds they were making and on that particular track blue sky and clear they do such a wonderful job of marrying the atmospherics the warble that happens throughout the song um that i don't even know what instrument it is but it's beautiful and then the echoey nature of the vocals The first time i heard it it gave me chills um and just gave me goosebumps all over and i'm like i need to know i need to revisit this over and over again to keep getting that sensation and i feel like it's no coincidence that that ended up being the name blue sky and clear ended up being the name of the compilation that more music put together um with all of the artists covering slow dive songs so to me it's like well yeah it's not just me it must give tingly sensations to a whole lot of people out there and so that's why it's my first pick
0: I love that first pick, and I'm glad you picked something off of that album still. And I think maybe over time, that album has garnered and gained more attention as years have gone by. And I think people can appreciate it for what it was at that time period and what Neil was trying to accomplish. And may I say, I feel as though their new album has remnants of that, which is why I enjoy it quite a bit. So awesome pick. And guess what, my friend? No joke, I have it right here on my list. I'm doing Blue Sky and Clear as well. Um, it's a song that I've listened to many, many times with I get this tingly vibe sensation, like you were saying. And when I saw them play that song live, and I wasn't expecting it. Oh goodness. It just took my breath away. And there are moments, um, the song to me has that Robin Guthrie sound. It has that twil- Cocteau Twins feel to it, which is again, why I really gravitate towards it. And again, it has that slow buildup and it has that electronica. It holds that those those notes. And then it comes in with that beautiful, I don't know if it's his steel guitar. I don't really know, but he adds that beautiful effect to it. There's textures. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. It's beautifully textured and nuanced in a very slow tempo way. And it reminds me of kind of, um, what's the song off of, uh, Eric's song of Just For A Day. It's just, it's very melodic. It's very peaceful. It's very tranquil. And um, yeah, that's my number two pick. So I'm glad we see eye to eye on that one.
1: We agree on something. How about that? <laughs> um, my number two that I wrote down after much <laughs> thought uh, was Sing. And so the, from Suvlaki. Suv and so that song was one of the collaboration songs with Brian Eno uh, along with here. She comes from, from Suvlaki as well. Those were both collaborations with Brian Eno and that particular pick. Um, I mean, it, it has that, that really magical feel to it and just layers and layers and layers happening that just echo through whatever space you're, you're blasting it in. And I'll go back to a university experience for this one. I was, doing my usual trying to influence other people's musical tastes back in university. And this was the sort of mid to late 90s. And shoegaze wasn't really on people's radar at that point in time. And so first university, we're in residence, and I used to blast slow dive and all the rest of it. I had some friends that did some illicit substances, put it that way. And we sat down together in front of the Suvaki album, and I went straight to sing. And there was like emotion happening from the people in this situation. It, it has such a quality to it that like pierces your soul, and the echoing and the back and forth and the strobing that happens in the song, I think really messed them up. And I was so proud of myself for putting them in that situation. Watching <laughs> people just be like, I, My brain can't process what's happening right now. And I was like, Yes, I win and made slow dive fans out of those couple of people, for sure. So Sing is my next pick.
0: You know, know, that's an interesting pick, because I've often wondered what they did to her vocals on that. They added some effect, um, coupled obviously with the music, but it, it has a very unique sound to it. Yeah. No, great pick. you know this is this was the challenge in this assignment in terms of digging up these songs where uh, oh, it could be that one. it could be that one, and I know I've omitted so many, but um okay, so I've got a little something behind me here that I want to grab. This is my number three pick. So this was their uh the the five e p right? And this is the um, what what do you want to call this down tempo electronica? Um, This was a wonderful little collection of songs. And uh, there is a track on here that within seconds, I'm like, Oh, my God, how did this not find its way on a proper, you know, a bigger album? And it, ha- it has that mazzy star flavor to it. It's peppered with that beautiful steel guitar. I know that's a steel guitar, and someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it is so haunting. I love the vocal work. It's breathtaking. It's soothing. I can remember when I was younger and freaking moodier, you know, I'd turn the lights off and just sit in the darkness of my despair. And- <laughs> I would just pray for that rain. (laughs) So, of course, I'm talking about country rain. Now, the seminal slow dive moment in that song, there really isn't one because there aren't a lot of changes and transitions within that song. It kind of stays very linear. However, towards the end, I feel like, um, again, going back to Rachel's lovely vocal work, Um, I just love how she holds the note, sustains it, and then the music kind of lulls you to sleep. So I'm picking that as my my number three pick, Country Rain. And it's, um, yeah, I still haven't picked this up on vinyl, um, and I hope to someday. But yeah, there it is.
1: Mm. Amazing. I mean, it's obviously... Oh, (laughs) So like the, the second you started describing it, I'm like, and for me, that was our introduction to the potential of Mojave 3. Because really, that sound, the, the, the reverberation, the steel guitar sound, that's the first Mojave 3 record right there. My numero tres. <laughs> Um I'm going to go back to the, the first full length. And so I start like I mentioned, I started with Suvlaki and kind of worked my way backwards. And then Pygmalion came out, it seemed like a few months later, to be honest, because of the way the release dates were in the Americas um, after it got delayed. So it's like, it was like Suvlaki and then Pygmalion felt like it was six months. It was probably a year later. So I was going backwards. I went to Just For A Day. And this song, I, I remember putting on Just For A Day, I was already obsessed with Suvlaki. And kind of like letting it wash over me, and like this is like it, it felt like a really lovely warm bath <laughs> of sound. And I'm like, this is great, this is great. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm totally, I'm, I'm serene. And then the last track came on, and it just blew my mind. It swelled in such a way, and the echoing of Rachel's vocals that almost sound like she's falling down a well and screaming for her life, <laughs> in a way, in a shoegazy way. Uh, really, like I, I sat up. And then that that sensation, the yes, the the hairs and the tingling. I was just like, okay, okay, that was that was something. Um, so I remember lying on my bed at home, listening to it, and just being like, huh. And that song was primal. That that outro just shook me in ways that I had not experienced often before. That so that is my next pick. I'd have to say, Primal.
0: God, they're so good at that. Ah oh, man, and, and just creating that, creating that atmosphere. Tremendous atmosphere. Okay, great pick. Um, And I can see why you clearly picked that one. My fourth pick is actually On Your Shirt or Your Shirt from that album. Now, I remember when we first caught wave of the slow dive return and all the rumblings were there like what's it going to be what's you know what are they going to detour what's this what's the album artwork going to look like what is the sound going to look all of that and I remember the ramp up to that was just I mean it was it was a great big groundswell and I remember when they dropped this song, it was kind of like country rain in a sense. Like it took me literally three seconds. I'm, oh my God, <laughs> whatever they do it. I know this album is going to be freaking phenomenal because if you're going to drop star roving <laughs> and that video, I just, I remember talking to some musicians at that time. Like I, I, Nobody was expecting that at least, you know, I wasn't. And what a hell, what a, what a statement. What a, what a great way to mark your return to be back in the of people, the zeitgeist, if you will. Um, and so that song particularly has three or four seminal slide slow dive moments, but really for me. It's the driving pistons that the, from the minute it starts to about 25 seconds, it literally is like a roller coaster. You just strap in and you know you're just going to go zipping along. But to me, it's not on tracks, it's through space and time. Um, and that's, I've almost likened that song to death. Like when, if there is that moment when you pass, you, move on to a different plane, whatever, not, I don't know. But that's what comes, the images that come to mind. And f- fortunately, when they toured, got to hear them play that song. Yeah. For this pre, yeah, three times and God, it's incredible. It's breathtaking and it it, it really, it, it's so exhilarating and I'm glad they, they created something as majestic as that. So. That is my number four pick.
1: Amazing. And it, yeah, I remember the excitement building for that album. It, it makes me think back. So I've talked about going to ATP before the My Bloody Valentine All Tomorrow's Parties in New York State. Like that was for me the best musical experience of my life while I was at that experience. Uh, we had conversations of nerdy music natures all over the place. And one question that we all asked each other was like, if any band could reform, this was like, this is like 2010. If any band could reform any band, which one would it be? My friend's like asking, I'm like, slow dive. I'm like, but it's never going to happen. So I shouldn't get my hopes up. <laughs> so I remember saying that and just being like, in terms of the fact that they're not going to reform, it's okay, Simon, there's other great music, move on. And then a few years later, I was like, they're what? Really? What? And so the buildup for me was, yeah, it was incredible. It was incredible. I was beside myself. I bought like when they came to Toronto for that the tour in 2015, um, I went to the the place where I would buy tickets at the record store. It was called Soundscapes, it's not around anymore. And I I remember going in and it was the day before the tickets went on sale. And I talked to the guy up at the desk for a while. And at the end of it, I'm like, so you guys are gonna have the slow dive tickets tomorrow? And he's like, well, we actually have some now. And I'm like, can I, can I get it? Like, can I get one? And he's like, don't tell anyone. Of course I'm telling people now, whatever. It's been, the shop is closed. (laughs) but so I got like the zero zero one ticket for the, the slow dive return show in Toronto. And I remember coming home and just being like emotional about it. Cause I'm like, I'm finally gonna get to see slow dive. This is incredible. I got the first ticket. And so anyways just in relation to that. So that reforming, that coming back, yeah, it, it, it punched me in the gut in a great way. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I was waiting for you. Yeah, so when they, so think about it this way. They played their last show ever in that first iteration in Toronto they played toronto the day this came out and so they had a signing at the record shop and so i took the day off work and lined up (laughs) and had them sign that and of course i had to have them sign so like this was this was the beginning for me so i'm like can you sign both of these so the day this came out they signed it and I chatted with them and asked them really nerdy questions. They laughed about. I asked Christian, I'm like, would monster movie ever like tour and play live? And he laughed at me and said, we tried once and we were horrible. We're never going to try that again. <laughs> so, I was like, that's, too bad. that's too bad. You and Sean are great. Anyway, um, I love that you picked something from this album. And so I'm going to do the same. Um, for me, the pick from this album um, that's up there for me is sugar for the pill. And the reason that that one did something for me is it felt like new. It felt like, okay, this is them forming their new identity. Um, so there's elements that you know it's slow dive, but you're like, nope, they're they're older. They've got, they've got life experience, they've got different musical experiences. And it really came together in that song for me. Star Roving was amazing and blew me out of the water. But then Sugar for the Pill, I'm like, oh. I love them for who they were before, but now I love them for who they are now. Uh, And so it meant a lot to me. Yeah, love that song.
0: From Slow Dive and a little bit more in terms of their slow dive sound, you get stuff from Pygmalion, you get stuff from Self-Title, you get, you kind of get it all. And what else do you want as a slow dive fan? And to me, I think this album is so well put together in terms of the sequencing. So I'm going to get to my next pick. And this is when I, when I played this song for the first time, I, it was kind of like country rain where it's very slowed down, but it's prayer remembered song number two. And it just gradually swims in a kind of a slower feel. But there's a moment where I get a, um, I can picture Neil stepping, or it might be Christian stepping on the guitar pedals, and it has that that gentle shoegaze sound, and um, that that is uh, like around the two twenty mark, and I feel like it's like oh, oh that thunderous, but that it's soft thunder, if you will. And um, and I'm glad this was a number two track because I think it kind of settles people into the album, and it's like, okay, you know what? we're not gonna do another star roving here. we're gonna slow it down we're gonna we're gonna test our audience a little bit more, and I love the album cover, and you know I loved i they did not play this song live when I saw them for this tour when they come back next year, hopefully they will um. But yeah, that's my next pick, Prayer Remembered.
1: That's a gorgeous song. And I, I was reading a little bit about that song um, sort of leading up to this this chat. And I think Christian commented that that was the song that brought him back to early slow dive most of all in terms of the the new canon that they've got together. That one really brought him back. And there were actually lyrics that Rachel wrote for that song. Um, and they decided to not use it. Neil was really steadfast about it being an instrumental, because um, I believe it's an ode to the birth of his son, his most recent son. And so he he wanted it to just be a piece, an instrumental piece that was really in dedication to that. Uh, and so he was like, no, no, no lyrics. This is going to be an instrumental, which I think really it works. It's such a beautiful instrumental piece. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, my next pick, um, I'm going to go to almost like an obvious classic, I guess, in a way. Um, this was <laughs> the, my joke about this song is this is the only slow dive song I've done for karaoke. <laughs> and so we found a karaoke bar that had this, and I was just like, what? And so I sang it for karaoke like a month or two ago, and I, I laughed my head off. It is also the lyrics in this song, because again, I do not really pay attention to lyrics, but the lyrics in this song kind of represented almost like a teenage ideal of what a lot of us darker indie kids were looking for in, in a girlfriend. Uh, and of course the song is Allison <laughs> from the Suvlaki album. Um, just the way that they phrase it, she sounds completely a bit flaky and unstable, but like kind of wonderful and magical. That's, that's, that's what I was looking for as a whatever 18 year old. I, I kind of wanted this, this ideal of risk, but you know, sort of tranquility with the risk. Uh, and it's just, it just touches me. Every time I read over the lyrics of that song or just listen to it, I start imagining myself as a teenager again, sort of and how I approached relationships and looked at girls. And I've learned lessons since then, <laughs> but it definitely transports me to that point in time.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a great pick. And, you know, I think, um yeah, I got one more here to share with you. And and uh, this was super hard, but I had to pull something from Slovakia because uh, I hadn't done it yet. And I know this is kind of a fan favorite, and that's okay. And I know when they play it on, on their tour, people just go nuts. But how can you not? This is to me like, this is one of those songs that kind of defines shoegaze. And what am I gonna say? (laughs) Ah (laughs) of course I'm gonna say it. I mean it's 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 a masterpiece and again the way it builds uh, and when I saw them play this, oh my god, Simon's drumming was just spectacular and just Nick doing his thing and Christian they're all that's what I love they're all just kind of doing their own thing and just to make that cohesive sound but yeah I can't tell you how many times I listened to this song on repeat on my CD player back in the day non-stop um, that album and kitchens of distinction death of cool just I don't even know how I have the CD left. I don't. I don't know how CDs survive for so long in my CD player. I just wore them out to death. But that song in particular, that that to me is another transcendent song where it reminds me of possibly moving out of this existence. And what's it like when we go? Um, is there gonna be that? What is that feeling like when you know you're at? That last second of breath. Um, so yeah, I that's my final pick when the sun hits. I think that has there and there's so many elements, but yeah, that third buildup is incredible. That big drop. And people at that last show in San Francisco went bonkers. Yeah. Plus, not to mention the great uh visuals that went along with it. So good. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, you just took it (laughs) when you said i'm just like well of course it's that song come on like it's my it's my email address have you not noticed that before (laughs) it's like it's my handle on like It's like, it's the thing I've been using as my name for things for, well, since 1995. And whatever I can use it for, that's the thing. I, when the sun hits, everything, when the sun hits, my radio show probably would have been called when the sun hits had Amber not already had a show called when the sun hits. And so (laughs) when he said, I'm like, yep, that's, that's going to happen. And seeing them play it live for that first time for me in like 2014, 2015, um, I was I actually got emotional and my friend who I've known since high school was, was behind me and he kind of like put his arms. He could sense that I was just like losing a little bit and he was just like, yes, this is why you're here. And I'm like, yeah, this is why I'm here. I I needed to hear this. This is what I've been dreaming of for so, so long, uh, like 20 years. And so for this to happen for me, it was like, oh, like I can still feel the the emotion even talking about it. It's just such An incredible song and meant so much to me and i had it on repeat i had it on every mixtape i ever gave anyone it was the feature song for me it is my favorite song of all time regardless slow dive otherwise it's the song bar none yeah it will always I, i can't see that ever changing it has all of the elements that i love about music um, and it, I mean, we've talked before, like as we've done shows together for me, build up and crescendo and layers are the reason why I like music and it does it better than any other song that I've ever put through my ears. Um, it, it just, that swell, I still get tingles to this day. And I've heard that song hundreds of times, if not a thousand times. And that swell just gets me every single time.
0: Um I I was thinking about how do I want to wrap this up in terms of like, a song or an experience, I think for me. Okay, so quickly, two, two things. One, when they came back, and they played at the Warfield in San Francisco, the energy in that room was so thick. It was so palpable. It was like, everyone just couldn't wait. So they get on stage, they go through an amazing set, and then they play Golden Hair. And I remember, so everyone talks about the girl in that video <laughs> who's sobbing. I had that girl to like three people to my right. Now obviously it wasn't the same woman, but there was a woman, three people to my right sobbing. And I was like, oh my God. I it was it was un it was unreal. So that I wanted to comment on. The second thing for me is one of the biggest treats I, I was exposed to was God, God, 2017, 2018. Mark Kozlick, who lives in the Bay Area, does these shows randomly and he'll bring in special guests at times. And he came to the Great American Music Hall. And just in small parentheses, it said with Neil Halstead. I was like, well, I know they've kind of been 4 AD friends or something like that. Maybe they met through some way. somehow. Um, but I was like, no way, no way. And I checked and sure enough. Yeah. So I was thought, okay, maybe Neil's going to show up and just play like a couple songs with him. Well, no, Neil played the entire two and a half hour set with him. And it was, it was amazing. And they touched on red house painter stuff. They touched on a lot of sun kill moon stuff. Um, and I remember during the show, uh, Mark looked over at Neil, he's got the big bushy beard and the, the, the cap on. And he looks over at Neil and goes, Neil, God damn it. How the hell do you look the same as you did 20 or 25 years ago? <laughs> um, but I just, the relationship on stage and they were just so tight. and They had a full band. So yeah, that was one special show. I'll never forget. And you really got to see Neil in such a small venue, you really got to see his phenomenal ability as a guitarist. So it wasn't wasn't Slow Dive and it wasn't Mojave 3 and it wasn't just Neil Halstead, it was Neil and Mark. So yeah, that was definitely a highlight of my concert going experiences. So, all right, final word, anything else you wanna share, go for it.
1: I mean, it's as you're telling that story and you're, you're sort of having that connection with them on stage and what they're doing, um, it made me think back to an experience I had with with seeing Mojave Three. Um, one of their earlier times through Toronto, they played the Horseshoe Tavern, which is a smaller venue in Toronto, but an iconic one. And I knew the opening I, I knew a member in the opening act, Mean Red Spiders, who were like a really good sort of like jangle gaze group uh, from the Toronto area. And so my friend got me backstage to sort of hang out and just be sort of near, near, uh, I guess it was like Ian McCutcheon and Rachel and Neil, um, as they were sort of prepping, getting ready and being like, right. I was off to the side, like right next to them. Like they were uh, two or three feet from me as I sort of leaned in the doorway off to the side, watching them from the side. And it was one of those. (laughs) I had a friend in the audience who saw me through another doorway and was just like, how what are you and I'm just like hey, I don't know. <laughs> it was just one of those moments where I, I I melted into the wall I was leaning against in the, the back hallway watching them from the side and felt like I was kind of in their basement just watching them kind of jam stuff out play some songs chat with each other they were just so calm and into their craft and just enjoying themselves but I was just like this is this is so wonderful this is amazing i love that i got to see it from this angle with them just kind of being and existing together and creating such beautiful music and so that that's what came to mind as you were you were talking about your your mark koslick story yeah
0: i love how humble they are and i love how they're really sponging up the moment right they know they're so revered they know their influence they know that they um they are so well respected, um, and when the last show they played in San Francisco here, I mean, people were just—I mean, just so grateful that they're on stage doing this. And and they know it, and I know they know it, and they—they're so appreciative. So it's just fantastic to see. So, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so it's so appreciative. Well, this has been awesome, and uh, thank you for your time. And do you want to share anything about your radio uh, show?
1: So, I'm I'm the host of the, yeah. So, I'm I'm the host of Melomania Safety Zone on DKFM. Um, I'm on every second Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, and I mean it's it's coming towards the end of the year right now, so I'll, I'll have some best of episodes, and you can catch me there. Otherwise, if you ever want to reach out and chat about music, I'm clearly into that. (laughs) And so uh, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram under Melomania safety zone. So feel free to contact me and we can nerd out about music or share music or whatever floats your boat.
0: And you should take him up on that offer because nerd out, he will do that in a beautiful way. So Simon, thank you so much for your time. And yeah, uh, we'll get another uh, Simon Says Vinyl in uh, 2024. And uh, yeah, I really respect all that you bring to these conversation. And uh, so thank you. This has been great.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been, it's been a blast as
0: always.